1: To RB1 Colon and Fantasy Football Podcast, part of the Fate Teams Podcast channel. Look at that. A little bit peeling back the onion curtain. Uh, we started without Nick, and now Nick jumps on just at the nick of time. In the nick, nick of, of time. Yeah, do you get it? You got it. Also, he shaved. Anyways, uh, I'm the consummate Ooh. professional. Conductor, <laughs> the now <laughs> returning from IR Devin Punches hype train worshipper of Nikhil Harry, your host, Pete Rogers, and I am joined by some of the guys. We have the champion of doggos everywhere, the man formerly known as Steve Timberland, DK Metcalf's number one admirer, resident old man Clark Burns, and biggest 49ers fan. You know, fan of what scientists lovingly call facts and thinks horses are cooler than donkeys. Ginger Woodsman, Nick Bodiford. Well, Ginger, normal man. We're changing that back now. Ginger, normal man, Nick Bodiford. Guys, how we doing?
0: Doing great, Pete. Good, Pete. Very, very good. <laughs> How are you?
1: I am good, Clark. I did want to give the opening of this show. Normally, we just talk about all kinds of shenanigans and, and, and craziness, but I did want to give this uh, this you the opportunity. This is your time to to use this platform to retaliate. Someone in response to your Sony Michelle take that they should be that Sony Michelle will have a good season responded by saying on Twitter, "These people must not watch football." Um, so, Clark, this is your platform to retaliate to this
0: wane so i'm just disappointed that he didn't mention me because i've been doing this for a long time and people rarely yell at me on twitter i feel like that's how you know you've made it so i just feel left out
2: quick shout out to a regular uh guy who hits me up on twitter bobby duken i always appreciate your mentions man thank you let's see
0: See, we're not doing this because we think we're the smartest people in the world. It's fun. And when people it's, say thanks, it's a it's like huge deal.
2: Yeah, it's, it's for the so fun. It is, that's I
0: what mean. we do it. I mean, that's why we do it. So we get mentions on Twitter.
2: Honestly, good or bad, they're always a butt. My favorite was uh, when I joined with you guys last year. And I was talking about how Aaron Jones is awesome, but Jamal Williams would be the starter because Mike McCarthy is an idiot. And this guy was just sending me like essays about how much better of a player Aaron Jones was. And I was like, no, I know like, that's not the point you. that I'm making. He ended up blocking me. He just blocked me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're like, you're, you're totally missing the point here, buddy. <laughs> you are definitely not, uh, not getting what I'm trying to say. So anyway, so Wayne, uh, that's at
0: NFL Clark. Uh, and you can tell him personally yeah. he doesn't watch football. And, hey man check my twitter feed i'm super nice so if you want to hurl insults at me i i will gladly accept them i will smile back i always i always try
1: to figure out what exactly is the line to play normally what i go for is like the sassy comeback and then if they respond to the sassy comeback then i'm like okay well i'm done with you now uh you never, never be mean, never be inappropriate, but you can be, do like this, this, you know, sassy comeback. Like this same Wayne. This Wayne guy has been all up in our mentions. Get out of here, Wayne. Except for Clark's. Ooh, <laughs> hasn't Wayne. been in Clark's mentions. We love you. <laughs> Wayne, if you're going to come at us, though, make sure to tag us. Come at us right. and tag us.
0: Ooh. Is that the new if, RB1 slogan? If you follow me, I retweet all kinds of cute dog videos, cat stuff. No politics here, guys. Just fun. Nick retweets enough politics stuff to keep me informed. Nick's going on, <laughs> yeah, I'm like ninety five <laughs> percent. Is-
2: right.
1: So I have for the fake teams', po- teams Twitter account. I just have a, I have a list of all of you guys, all the the whole staff on it, all your Twitter accounts, so that if you guys tweet anything cool, I can uh, I can easily see it and retweet it. And, and anytime I try to find an article that Nick tweets out, it's like scrolling through endless amounts of things, And it's like, oh, there it is. Buried in a month, 1,300 tweets about things that I can't
2: retweet. Right. Yeah. Well, the, if you want to know why Nancy Pelosi caused me to leave the Democratic Party, you are more than welcome to visit my timeline. There you go. All it's all on good, the, You know, yeah, Bernie Sanders slights. Like, just, yeah. you know, I'm really enjoying those. <laughs>
0: that's what twitter is for
1: awesome well what we're here for is to give you week 12 starts and sits so why don't we uh do just that and we'll start uh nick why don't you start us off give us uh you can you can as the first person choose where we're going
2: are we going to start giving our starts or do you want to start giving our sits what do you got i, I always i always prefer starts I, it sits are i i'm finding sits so hard to come by nowadays where it like Matchups are basically just they limit players' ceilings a little bit, but everybody kind of is the way they are. Um, but this week, I I, I, well on, <laughs> um, I I tried to focus entirely on. Thank uh, you. I tried to focus entirely on toss ups or guys that uh, people would really be trying to make a tough call on. So, I uh, I'm big on Jalen Samuels this week. Really, any running back that faces or any player that faces the the Cincinnati defense is an amazing start. But there are some questions around Jalen Samuels. So. Um, James Conner's shoulder injury is bizarre. AC joint sprains don't usually do this to running backs, So I think there's uh, more than meets the eye here. But regardless, I don't expect him to play this week because he did re-aggravate whatever the injury is. He re-aggravated it last week. In the games that he has missed, there have been some backup running backs that have uh, had meaningful box score results like Trey Edmonds and Benny Snell Jr., who's uh, expected to be uh, returning from injury for this game. I like Jalen Samuels a lot. I like him uh, regardless of Snell or Edmonds getting carries this week. Samuels has a standalone uh, receiving role in the offense when James Conner's out. And we saw this to the point that uh, what was it like two or three games ago, Mason Rudolph targeted him 13 times. He led the team. He caught all 13 of them. Um, that kind of value. you know, We have to keep in mind that that targets are way more valuable than, than carries our targets average, like over seven yards of pop carries are in the like 4.1. Um, if he's getting that much usage, like, I mean, you know, 13 touch running backs are extremely valuable. If, if he's getting, you know, 10 targets and, and seven carries, that's outrageously valuable given the fact that he's got such a high passing game, Uh, usage. So even if Trey Edmonds or Benny Stell Jr. are, you know, they split like 15 carries Jalen Samuels is extremely valuable on his own. We don't have to worry about these ancillary running backs roll Jalen Samuels out there as a running back too. I think I've actually got him as like the running back 12 this week. So I'll back in RB one anyway. Yeah. Like Jalen Samuels a lot. Like Jalen Samuels a lot.
0: Yeah. I like it. It's hard to root for the Steelers after Mason Rudolph has showed us who he is and God, uh i, I guess he's gonna start this shit. week yeah i guess he's gonna start this week um but but i found it very funny i know a couple of uh Steelers fans who have drank the kool-aid and that's awesome uh, do they get all up in your mentions clark no th- oh. this is i don't a cute dog and cat pictures it's all that's all you really deal with what i'm on twitter <laughs> for uh, and gifts. so any and short gifts. videos yeah. also i'm fine uh but I feel like when you're hoping that Mason Rudolph gets the start, you you are at a level of fandom <laughs> that I experienced uh, for much of my life rooting for the Astros uh, back when they were just eking into the playoffs to lose to the Braves. Uh, but Jalen Samuel, even with a shitty quarterback, is playing against the Bengals and is that relief valve option. So I, I, I like your call here, Nick. I think he's a good start.
1: Yeah, and we've seen plenty of running backs have great success against the Bengals, and more so with James Conner injured, and and Nick, you touched on this. Like We have seen, even though the Steelers have rolled in kind of ancillary backs with Jalen Samuels, we've seen every single time that Jalen Samuels still has been the main guy in one of the two phases, if not both. And it has been extremely productive. So even if you're like, well, Benny Snell's coming back, what is that going to do? Or, you know, uh, um, who is the other Trey, Trey Edmonds? It's like, well, who, what if those guys play? It's like, we still have seen Jalen Samuels is that guy. He is going to be the number one back as long as James Conner is out, regardless. Of, and we'll have fantasy value, regardless of who else is, who's sharing a backfield with him. And uh, this is a nice segue, because I'll segue right into my first start, because I'm also talking about this game. I like Vance McDonald in this game because Juju's out, which means Rudolph is throwing to James Washington, Dante Johnson, and your boy Vance. Uh, And he's seen seven targets in his last three games and is now facing the worst fantasy defense against tight ends over the last four weeks. So they're allowing the second most yards to the position. And Vance is going to get a heavy workload against a bad defense. It's going to lead us to great fantasy production.
2: Yeah, I I dig it. I think it's going to be safety blanket city just because he's such a limited quarterback i mean they're, they're he'll, he's likely to have 100 yards like he he is he uh, could very well blow up this defense but mason rudolph not an nfl quarterback
0: yeah it's just hard to root for any tight ends not named kyle rudolph uh <laughs> but he's on the bye this week so you gotta yeah. pick someone this is this is a really classic tough fantasy matchup and even if you don't take the the advice i think it's fun to think about uh the steelers are are not very good and mason rudolph is not very good but they are playing the Bengals. So all of my instincts saying like, no, I want to get away from this offense. I don't want anything to do with that. And then you look at, well, they're playing the Bengals. It's like, well, okay, well, maybe so. So maybe you should take a couple of shots on this game. I think though, you need to be smart with your shots because the Bengals
1: secondary against, and we'll, and we'll, uh, we'll talk a little bit about this as we get all the way down to talking to the Oracle. Uh, But you do want to take a, you want to be a little cautious with the Bengals because their secondary against wide receivers has been above average at limiting fantasy production. Um, and so, but there are certainly things you can't exploit. Tight end and running back have had great, great games against them. Wide receivers a little bit less so. So, but you're right. It's, it's one of these matchups where you're like, oh God, I really don't want to deal with the Steelers offense. And then you're like, oh, but it is the Bengals defense. And I do like that.
0: Clark, who you got starting this week? Yeah, so a little local news. Uh, Trump came down the street from me today, messing up traffic and creating a lot of really fun conversations to listen to. And we're just going to lean into it because it's Scarborough country this week. I know (laughs) you went out and picked up Bo Scarborough, and uh, his matchup this week is a fantastic one, going up against the Washington Breadsticks, giving up the seventh most points to opposing running backs. And I don't think it's because they're necessarily – an incredibly bad team I think is that they're not in any of their games and so that's giving teams the opportunity to run the ball endlessly at them and that's exactly what I think Bo Scarborough is good at he's not an incredibly dynamic running back who's gonna light it up like a la Le'Veon Bell or those shiftier backs like Austin Egler. he is a really old boring running back a la Le'Garrett Blunt and I know I talked about this Monday but I think that Matt Patricia wants to ride a guy like that, Matt Stafford's going to miss, even though Jeff Driscoll showed us he's competent and capable of moving the offense. I think they would be more than happy to run the ball 35 times <laughs> against the Sticks <laughs> and just, you know, win 13 to three. Uh, so yeah, he went out and paid for Scarborough. You should definitely get him into your lineup this week.
2: Yeah. I had him on my, uh, my list too. I've got an alternate. Don't worry, Pete, but uh, I, I endorse this message, uh, not Donald Trump, but I endorse the Bo Scarborough message. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I, I, again, I wrote the buyer sell article on fake teams this week. And one of them was whether or not you believe Bo Scarborough has the inside track to the number one back in, in Detroit. And for the most part people were, it was a 50 50 split more or less as to whether or not people believe that I, I just have been spurned by the, uh, the lions backfield too many times to, want to take a to be a part of it but I trust your confidence Clark and I trust that if you do have Bo Scarborough and you went out forget him this is a great matchup and one that like on paper he should be able to take advantage of and the game plan is there for him to be heavily utilized I just can't in good faith trust Matt Patricia to like start the right running back that you are playing in fantasy because he has yet to prove that he will do that and another perfect segue, I'm, gonna, I'm going to jump over Nick's second one, and we're going to go back to me again. Because on the flip side, I'm calling this Darius Geis' breakout game. The Lions are terrible against the Rod, giving up the fourth most points the last four weeks and the most points this season. Uh, and we saw Geis get, start getting some looks against the Jets. He produced 96 yards uh, and a touchdown last week and looked good. First game back after week one. I love him as a solid flex play this week going up against a great matchup and starting to eat into that backfield and probably become the number one back there in Washington. I don't
2: know, Pete. Washington's <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, really bad. <laughs> I'm I'm not on board with this one. I believe I saw Chris Thompson his return to practice. Um, Darius Geis, uh, you know, he had a, a nice, I think, like 70-yard touchdown run or produced 70 yards in a long run. Um, but but the that play, from what I've come to understand, was basically like – it would have been bad if he couldn't have scored because he had no one in his way. Um, I am so, so down on the way that this team treats their people coming off of injury that I just That's cannot fair. trust it. But if you're in, like, a keeper league, it, it's not at all a bad idea to have invested in him. Wow. Well. I'm starting him in three of yeah. my leagues. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's,
0: we're we're at that point in the season where if, if Geis is your second running back on a week where there's a, a couple of good teams on by, that's not a bad play. But if you, but if you're vacillating between, I mean, I would, I would much rather play Samuels over Geis. Oh, right? yeah. I, I just think that there's a lot more potential there. And that's why doing really? starts, it's tough. Uh, yeah. But, but Geis, I think is a really talented player. Like, you know, probably uh, like the, the 15, 12 ish running back in the league. So a good player, he's just on such a bad team that it's hard to get excited about it. But if I had him and needed to start him, you could do a lot worse than, than guys.
1: I'm beer betting whoever wants to take it. Darius guys finishes the top 24 back this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm down. Cool. I'll, I'll,
0: you know, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take yeah. almost any bet. Yeah,
1: I mean, let's be honest. These are real beers that we do hand out to each other eventually at some point when we all get together and the worlds collide. Fact. Fact gonna be the sloshiest night ever as we all owe each other like 13 to t- <laughs> 13 to 15 <laughs> beers. We're
2: just gonna keep calling upon them. Bring it on, baby. Uh Nick, why don't you give us your second start for the week? Cool. It's all uh, I got a two because they're both on the same offense. So I'm just gonna knock both these guys out real quick. Um I am into both Jonathan Williams and, uh, Zach Pascal this week. So for Jonathan Williams, uh, what I expect, and I, I had a little exchange on Twitter today with the aforementioned Bobby Dukes. Um, he came in and he played really well after Marlon Mack broke his hand last week. Uh, he touched the ball, uh, carried it 13 times or 116 yards he caught a 31 yard pass too. He showed prowess in, you know, in both facets of the game. This is a guy who multiple coaching staffs have tried to coax a very high ceiling out of. He's long been looked at as a talented player. Uh he is. I don't know why he I mean he got shipped out of uh Buffalo because what was it, Doug Marone, wanted to institute the no one under 35 years old policy and and it was know, a successful could, policy. Yeah. Um yeah, that that whole exodus was bizarre. But anyway, the kid played really well. Um it's compounded by Jordan Wilkins having a sprained ankle. He didn't play last week. He did return to practice and he's now been removed from the injury report. Something to keep in mind, injury reports don't mean what they used to with the, you know, eradication of the probable designation. Regardless, even if uh Jordan Wilkins is healthy, who I really like. Um I think that Jonathan Williams will get first crack at being the lead back in this offense. I expect 13 to 15 carries out of him. I expect him to succeed. Um, I do expect Naheem Hines to have his own standalone role, probably eight to 10 targets. But I think for, if you're looking for a lead back, uh, in a, uh, a good matchup, of course, I'm, Oh yeah. yeah against, uh, Houston, who of course lost JJ Watt, who was like their lone good defensive player. Um, you know, Bernardrick McKinney, their their interior linebacker, is is appalling in 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 coverage. So if they want to send him on routes, yada yada yada. Anyway, um, I like Jonathan Williams as a flex a lot this week. Uh similarly, uh Zach Pascal. I don't think it matters if he has competition from T. Y. Hilton, who is able to participate in their team's walkthrough today. Uh, he has not practiced, but he did participate in the walkthrough because of course they're playing tomorrow. Um this Houston Texans secondary is friggin bad I mean the whole defense is bad um I I would confidently fire up Pascal whether or not T.Y. Hilton is there as a, w- a wide receiver too uh his ceiling probably fluctuates you can make arguments both ways it's better to have T.Y. Hilton there he draws coverage or it's better to not have him he gets more targets whatever it's a great matchup and, and I, I would rank Pascal as like a low-end wide receiver too to a high-end flex play regardless so given the great matchup and T.Y. Hilton's you know he, he's gonna anyway yeah, start Zach Pascal. Yeah. I think the only thing that can hold back this Colts offense
0: is a sputtering Texans offense and the Colts not needing to put up many points. I don't think that's going to happen. So I think, uh, all the secondary guys in this game for, for both teams are, are strong plays.
1: Uh, Nick, are you at all worried that Reich came out and said that Jonathan Williams and Jordan Wilkins will share the workload? I know you. You said that Wilkins is is dealing with some injuries, but it was like a pretty immediate coming out. And I think it was like Monday. right said that they were were splitting the
2: workload. I, I'll be honest here. I, I did not see that press clipping. Um, I still think that Williams, given his strong performance, will. I mean, be he given looked the better back crack. for sure. Yeah. I mean, like I a hundred percent
1: agree with you. Like I, if I, if I hadn't seen that, I would be like, yes, ride Williams all the way to infinity and beyond. Uh, yeah. My only worry is, is that, that they're going to come out and we're going to see what we saw with like Detroit, where it's now no longer a one person backfield. It's a three person backfield.
2: Yeah. The The distinction that I would make is I think the Colts have the best offensive line of football. That's true. Um, both of these guys can total like, 20 to 25 touches and naheem hines can still get eight targets and the offense will stay humming as it normally does you know marlon mack i think he averages around 20 carries a game like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the two backs can split that and still be profitable yeah no i like it and we all know as clark loves to
1: point out there's nothing that the houston texans on defense do worse than cover running backs in the passing game which means naheem hines probably gonna have a little bit of solid production there
0: Clark, what's another start for you? Uh, this is for those quarterback needy teams going into Week Twelve. Uh, I tried to pick up and failed. Uh, Sam Darnold this week. Jets on a bit of a hot streak as they go into the softer portion of their schedule. Uh, they Darnold put up twenty one and twenty five points for ESPN scoring against the Giants and the breadsticks, and uh, the Jets are playing the Raiders, who are not the laughing stock that they used to be, uh, but are not especially good either. So I think Darnold is getting hot as they start to play some softer teams. And I think that he's going to be uh, kind of widely available in leagues and great matchup against the Raiders this week.
2: I'm super on board with it. Yeah. It's, it's a, a phenomenal matchup though. Yeah. You said it well start Sam Darnold.
1: We all had confidence in this jets offense moving into the season. Like people were high on it. There's a lot of talent there and it, Certainly got uh, pushed off the rails when he got mono, and then it took a little bit of while for his uh, you know, liver or kidney or whatever, pancreas. What's the thing that gets infected by mono? Your teenagers. teenagers. Your teenager has to sw- – <laughs> the swelling has to go down before you can really start playing again. <laughs> uh, and we're starting to see it. We're starting to see now that Darnold's healthy again, the offense is clicking again, things are moving again, and it coincides with the schedule getting – real easy so yeah i love it i think if you can get him he's a guy who you should be starting for the rest of the year as QB, possibly a qb1 certainly if you play it super flex he should be your flex no props man this is this starts section so far has been highlighted by excellent transitions because i flip side again going to be talking about the raiders offense and why you should be starting tyrell williams because he started the year scoring a touchdown in every game he played, and he hasn't in three weeks. But that streak's going to come back against the Jets, who have allowed 10 touchdowns to wide receivers in the last four weeks. Tyrell Williams is number one target for Derek Carr, and uh, he's going to feast against this Jets secondary that has looked like hot trash this year.
2: Yeah, I uh, I pulled uh, Mari Cooper out of my lineup this week for Tyrell.
1: Nick, another freaking fantastic transition!
2: Not to
0: spoil who one of my sits is, but uh, yes, good move
2: let's go man get it get it going Clark Clark agrees. I
0: got nothing to say about the Raiders other than I hope Josh Jacobs doesn't kill himself in his rookie year yeah that would be a, that would be a bummer uh
1: quick quick t- tip of the cap to Clark by the way Clark back-to-back years that you have been on the uh on the bandwagon of a rookie running back who has come into the league and has put up very good fantasy performances Nick Chubb two years ago Josh Jacobs this
0: year Uh, just just recognizing game game recognizing game that's what i bring to the table i can take things that matt waldman says and exposes to me (laughs) and then repeat them to a different audience and you don't even need to watch football so it's all good (laughs) (laughs) yes
1: um okay yeah we'll get into sits because i gotta do my perfect transition that's been well delayed by now but first we're gonna take a quick ad break you ready Showtime.
0: Learn more at marines.com.
1: All right, we are back and it sits. Nick perfectly told us that he sit Amari Cooper for Tyrell Williams. And that's great advice, Nicholas, because you should sit Amari Cooper this week. He's banged up and he's getting the Stefan Gilmore treatment. And you can't have a bad game from one of your like stud players in a, in a starting lineup at this point because everyone's jockeying for playoff position and having someone in your lineup like Amari Cooper who gives you a big whopping zero or three points or a very poor performance, that's, you know, that's not going to help you. Even if you're benching him for someone like Tyrell Williams, I think Tyrell Williams is going to give you a great game. But like a Zach Pascal who could give you a really good game, I think you want to take the risk rather than trust that Marty Cooper is going to beat the – Patriots defense that has given up the fewest points to wide receivers this year and in the last four weeks, they're amazingly consistent. They've been shutting down offenses everywhere you turn and especially number one receivers in offenses. Um, And I just don't think Amari Cooper, even if he was fully healthy, is going to get you the return you're looking for. This isn't to say that you should completely sell all of your uh, Cowboys stock. We've seen, you know, occasional Occasionally wide receivers have success against the Patriots, but I think this is going to be a Michael Gallup or a Randall Cobb game much more than it is
0: going to be an Amari uh, Cooper game. So I've got to echo your sentiment here on sitting Cooper. And I also said that you should uh, sit Gallup. He's my, he's Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup were my sits or two of my sits. Uh, I I think that the lions got rooked a little bit by Amari Cooper going out there they put their best corner. Mm. On him and Gallup blew up and Amari Cooper looked like he was struggling to run uh, for a significant portion of the game. He would make a play and then go out. Uh, so kudos to Cooper for trying to gut it out, but I don't think he's 100. percent. And I think that the Patriots are the type of team who will see that and not waste their best corner on someone. I mm. agree with you though that this is not a sell for everyone. I think that um, I'm going to try to guess what the Patriots doing. So maybe Wayne's or maybe Wayne's right. Um, so. <laughs> I think the Dak is surrounded by enough talent uh, to still win this game, and I think he's going to do that by uh, deploying Zeke, Cobb, oh. and even Tony Pollard creatively this week. Uh, I think Pollard is showing that he is worth some extra snaps, and I don't think that that takes away anything from. Uh, from Zeke this is lazy and so it's one of my favorite things to do uh, the Amari Cooper Mark Ingram model works when you have two incredibly talented backs on a good offense it doesn't work just because you have one of the two like we've seen in San Diego and the current Saints roster uh, so yeah I, I think you set both of the big Dallas wide receivers and I think I know it's kind of riding the hot streak with Randall Cobb but you know why not keep riding it against the Pats who are going to take away your best weapons and make somebody else beat you at Cobb? And, you know, obviously Zeke good enough to do that.
2: Yeah. I think that Cooper will still get his kind of fair share of targets, probably the low end of the normal amount of targets that he gets. But if you have an awesome option to replace him with, I, I totally endorse doing it. Like, like I just said, I'm, I'm getting Tyrell Williams in there. Who you know they scheme to just seem to just scheme up plays for him to score. So yeah, if if you've got something like that, I would I would go with it. I I wouldn't uh you know dread having to start Cooper if you don't have a better option though. I I think he'll still get you a a you know his floor production even though it is Stephon Gilmore.
1: Yeah, I'm just worried. I mean, you could get a game like he, he had against the Jets where he he had uh, one catch for three yards.
0: Since I like to make stupid beer bets that we all forget about, I bet Ooh, Tony yes. Pollard outscores Amari Cooper this week.
2: Mm, I like yeah. it. I, uh, I like that. Half point PBR?
0: But whatever.
2: Yeah, let's do it. Yes. Also, so Z keep, us honest, to... keep <laughs> us honest, Wayne. Keep us <laughs> honest. Yeah, Wayne.
1: Make sure you tag Clark, so though. sick though. I like how Wayne somehow after just like basically trolling us is is now become part of the show. Yeah. He's he's going to keep us all in line.
2: (laughs) I just want to say that I will be rooting for Tony Pollard because he is so friggin' awesome. And if he does get more involved in this offense, that's going to be really fun to watch, which he should. I wouldn't be surprised if they get him heavily involved in this offense. I mean, the Patriots
1: run defense has been basically the week. It's how you attack them and whether or not you want to attribute that to like they just suck at stopping the run or that Belichick's like, let them run and let's roll the clock down. And, you know, we'll just get a score, you know, we'll get a lead and we'll run with that even though the offense is hot garbage. Like, I think Zeke is going to eat. I wouldn't be surprised if Tony Pollard gets, gets a lot of looks both on the ground and in the passing game, he looked great against the lions in that. Um, and the Patriots don't have great cover linebackers uh, and, but they've got an excellent secondary. So I wouldn't be surprised to see kind of, I mean, this is how you beat this defense this is the, third fourth fifth options need to step their game up excellent nick what's a sit for you
2: this week okay got another uh two for one for you we're doing both running backs in the uh the bucks falcons game mm, yes. uh so in as far as the Bucks, uh, the Atlanta Falcons' defense is for real. We talked about how uh, Dan Quinn has, has been. I don't think he gave it up. I think it, play calling duties were taken away from him, and two assistants now are are, are uh, calling the plays, as I understand it. One basically handles obvious run plays or run rundowns, uh, passing for another. Wow! Um, I really, yeah. Wow. Like <laughs> okay. Raheem Morris is is uh, what a bad like idea. coaching on third down. <laughs> you don't like it?
0: That's so stupid.
2: <laughs> I can't tell if you're being serious. No,
0: I that when you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one quarterback. You have two people calling plays. How is that? That is mind boggling.
2: That's funny. Um, does I, not approve. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place because their results have been good, but you're making a decent argument for p- process. So I don't. Anyway, the, the defense has been performing very well with this new system. Um, Anyway, uh, what we saw last week when the Bucks faced the Saints was DeRay Gumbawale out snapping Ronald Jones. Uh, they shared, they each got, I think, four targets in that game, but this came after Bruce Arians saying that he, in fact, wanted to get Jones more involved in the passing game, and then he promptly didn't. Uh, a lot of that was game script and, and uh, uh, inability to run on the Saints, but because uh, I mean, they, they split like seven running back carries kind of a thing. It, yeah, real bad. So anyway, as we know, the Bucks, uh excuse me, um, Falcons defense is playing well, I expect this to be a shootout because both teams, well, Falcons defense, we'll see what happens. Um but yeah, I the, I think I think this is going to be a heavy a heavy dosage of passing game usage, and I think that the Bucks will opt to just not really involve their running backs. On the Falcon side of things, um, they get to match up with the Bucks secondary, which is like the worst in the league. Uh, I think Julio goes, if he's ever going to repeat his like 300 yard performance, this is the one um, their run defense is, is lights out. They are very good in run defense. So, you know, Devontae Freeman, as I talked about ad nauseum in the off season, his knee is never going to be the same. Um, when he was out last week, Brian Hill couldn't get it. He had like 17 carries or something and got 30 yards or something terrible. Uh, they brought in Quadri Allison and I don't remember the other guy. But Ken basically, n- thank you. Yeah, they, they just could not get the running game going. Uh, so they're they're going to reinstall. They're likely going to reinstall a, a, an unhealthy Devontae Freeman. I don't oh, like his no. odds at all of producing. Yeah, so anyway, I think that this will be a battle of two passing games and, and that uh, the running backs, even though they will be somewhat involved in the passing game, are, are really going to be mostly obsolete. I've got them both as running back threes this week.
0: Yeah, and everyone wants to hear about your fantasy team news. Uh, I'm rolling with that Atlanta defense this week, hoping that the uh, Jameis Winston interceptions offset the likely 30 points they'll score.
2: On on one team, I'm starting Winston and the Falcons defense because he throws (laughs) interceptions nonstop. And over 300 yards and multiple <laughs> touchdowns. <laughs> like he's, I think he's been a top dead quarterback like four weeks in a row doing. This. And he's so and like, he's
1: helped whatever defense he's been playing against. So yeah, a perfect combination. You're stacking yeah. your deck. You know how they talk about how you stack with you know quarterback, running back, and wide receiver and DFS lineups. This is a new take on that where you stack Jameis Winston with whatever defense he's playing. <laughs> 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 um. My another sit that I have for this week and we're going back to I guess I really like this game Pittsburgh Cincinnati you wouldn't think that I love this game but the uh, Joe Mixon's looked really good recently he's rattled off three 15 plus PPR performances but I don't think that that's going to continue the Steelers have been the best run defense against fantasy uh, backs the last four weeks and haven't allowed a rushing or receiving touchdown in that time. They held Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, Todd Gurley, and Marlon Mack all under 11 PPR points. And Hunt was the closest one with like 10.5, I think. Everyone else was single digits. I don't think that he's going to have a startable performance this week. And so, uh, you know, you shouldn't expect him to continue his hot streak. You should uh, re-interrogate his goodness this week. Nailed it.
0: So good at this English language I speak. Yeah, I mean, if you're holding on to Mixon, I would, you know. He's good, but the Bengals aren't. Yeah, I mean, he had three good weeks for you, but
1: yeah, you're right. Like, it's recognized that uh, that was probably the
2: oddity rather than the new norm so i i think that that's generally fair but what the Bengals have shown regardless of game script now is that they're just going to give the ball to joe mixon they don't give a shit about anything else they just want to run out the clock so they can end games um And I mean, it's a good strategy when your team sucks yeah, yeah. so i was very very low on Mixon for most of the year but after he got that 30 carry game two weeks ago it came a little back down to earth last week because you can't that's completely unsustainable um i've got him as a mid mid-range rb2 and i, I feel pretty comfortable he's basically the final uh, rb2 that i'm like yeah right on get him in your lineup um so i'm a little different on this one so he's the guy that darius guys is going to kick out of the uh, top 24
0: list right that well, is funny.
2: <laughs> well, in a,
0: in a podcast full of good transitions, I have the quintessential RB2 as a lean against this week. Uh, the Colts have been surprisingly good against the run, and their offense, I think, is going to be cooking, regardless of whether T.Y. Hilton plays or not. We already discussed the, the weaknesses of the Texans. Uh, the Texans' defense is now a really good core of run-stopping linebackers and I'm finished describing the good things about the <laughs> Texas defense. So I think Carlos Hyde just isn't going to get a lot of opportunity. He salvaged his week last week when the Ravens didn't care and let him get a touchdown. Uh, but he, it's just going to be tough. He's getting volume. He is an He's the RB16 in ESPN scoring, and that is exactly what he has been all year. Just yeah. very consistent, and I think this is going to be an off game for Hyde.
2: I think I would still start him as a running back, too. I've got him as the running back 21 this week. Oh, uh, so close. Because he just gets 20 carries. Like, Bill O'Brien doesn't give a shit. <laughs> he just gives him 20 carries. No matter how well Duke Johnson's playing, no matter if they're losing, he just gives Carlos Hyde the ball. It's bananas. Um, He's really bad. But, yeah, I I, I would keep him in the lineup disgustedly because he's going to get 20 carries. He's not bad. He's just
0: single dimensional role (laughs) player. (laughs) And that's, that's why he's a lean against,
2: you know, what's okay. Actually, you're, you're making a decent argument there in that if he was used in the right way, he could be an effective, right? He like, he could go play LeGarrette Blunt's role. Only that you like third and one. You spread the defense out. You handle to hand it to him, and he plows up the middle for a few yards. You get in the goal line, and same thing. Spread spread the defense out by getting like three wide sets or four wide sets, and then handing it off up the gut. Yeah, he he totally actually could do that. Uh, the way that Bill O'Brien is trying to establish the run with him on first and okay. Actually, first and second, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's the so, future. <laughs> so Warren, Char, he actually broke down Bill O'Brien's, uh, uh, running play calling specifically in, in his 2019 football preview. And he revisited it this week on Twitter. So everybody go check it out. He, he runs the same running back. I think it was after 20 yard gains higher than any other coach in the NFL. <laughs> and that play immediately, it's like without fail, it produces, I think it was one yard. He, so basically, perfect strategy. He, would he has, when a player has a big run, instead of like quickly subbing him out to get Duke Johnson out there, who's fast and fresh, he <laughs> immediately goes, You earned another one. And then <laughs> he just stalls the drive. Oh, I'm sorry, Carlos. Did you just run 50 yards? Oh, here, it's, get
0: yeah. back in the backfield and run again, damn it. <laughs> it's so bananas.
1: Oh Bill, never change. But do, but do change. Always please you, God change. If you waste, if you waste Deshaun Watson's peak years, and me, Clark, Nick, Jordan, this whole podcast and all and Wayne. the NFL will be and Wayne, fucking Wayne's gonna be furious.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, god damn it. All right. Well, we are done with Starts and Sits, but you know what we still have? It is time to bring on the Oracle, who uh, we didn't get last week because we didn't have a Start or Sit podcast. But the Oracle, five for five. I could have sworn, just to quickly uh, refresh everyone from, what was it, two weeks ago now. Two weeks ago, we had a listener write in. And they were asking, who do you start between Mark Ingram and David Montgomery? And my God, I was so confident in David Montgomery that I was like, even trying to stage how I r- told my mom about the two characters, the two running backs to like make her pick David Montgomery so that she stayed perfect. She went with Mark Ingram. And what do you know? Mark Ingram outperformed David Montgomery. So the Oracle is on her game, she does not lie. We have a question from a listener about which wide receiver he should sit. He's got three guys who he needs to pick between. One of them has got to sit. We are going to get the Oracle on the phone, and we will ask her what she thinks. You've
2: reached the voicemail of Kathy Rogers. Well, Please leave a message.
0: Thank you. Sorry. Sorry.
1: Sorry Well, we tried to reach the oracle. (laughs) And uh and we did not get her. Clark has uh as I don't know, decided volunteered. Volunteered. Thank you, Clark. (laughs) It's like not even that late. I don't know what I'm doing here. Clark has volunteered to be the Oracle for the week. So here's the question brought to us uh from at Dead Planet Co. Which wide receiver should he sit this week? Terry McLaurin, Michael Gallup, or James Washington? feel like oh we've kind of
0: answered it but clark oracle that was the one after you read each player what do you think uh james washington that's i i know i said sit gallop earlier but mace rudolph man that's i'm gonna, I'm gonna go with my sit is james washington all right there you go
1: well let's all chime in nick who's your sit
2: probably the same Okay. that's ah uh, no it's Terry McLaurin oh yes. so Terry close he's back on his stuff and uh Ooh. his game and well, this is, that's gonna this suck is gonna, this is gonna be literally the least
1: helpful thing ever for this guy because my set is Michael Gallup
0: so basically dude you take your pick of who you want to out of luck. so good question you sparked a lot of good debate.
1: <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah. No, because I think everyone's got their flaws. I like Terry McLaurin, uh, and I'll, I'll have confidence in him until I die. James Washington, I like the fact that James Washington and Mason Rudolph went to college together. I think that that's the only thing that's like keeping him alive as a viable pass catcher in that offense. And we spent a lot of time talking about Michael Gallup and the Cowboys, uh, Cowboys offense this week. All right. We'll see. There you go. We'll see. We shall see. (laughs) We shall see. What's the most important thing, though, is that this will not affect the Oracle's 5-for-5 record because she was busy and decided that this podcast did not take precedent over whatever she was doing right now, which is very upsetting. Good decision. Good decision. Probably best uh, in her best interest. She knew that this was going to be an impossible question to answer, and she wanted to keep her perfect record as is. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, the whole nine yards. Uh, leave us a review. Give us five stars because you enjoy our show and you want to hear more from us. Or you're like Wayne and just want to troll us and ask to tell us that we don't watch football. Feel free to do that as long as you give five stars. That's all we care about. Follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. You can follow myself at Pete M. Rogers, uh, fellow Clark at NFL Clark. Make sure to include his hashtag or his his handle when you're coming at him. And Nick at Ginger underscore underscore Nick without a K. Uh, We will be back at you next week to talk all the football you possibly could want to hear. Have a good week. 12, everyone. Best of luck. And until then, peace.